Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers them for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. Fuck it, we deserve this win, man. Fox Force 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. What is going on, Rich? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You know, just want to say Merry Christmas to all the Kings fans out there. Uh, you guys deserve this win. The Kings will be undefeated on Christmas Day for the first time in history. I'm sure you're not going to look that up. I'm <laughs> Uh, but yeah, wow, what a, what a game, Buddy Heald with the tip-in, overtime win, Tyrese Halliburton, 30 minutes of really quality basketball, it's all, uh, anyone in Sacramento could really want for Christmas, right? It, it really is. I mean, let it drop, here it comes, uh, uh. Yeah, great game, great game. Great freaking game. And, yeah, I mean, can't say that I really thought Sacramento stood much of a chance going into this one, to be honest. I thought they were going to get fully smoked. Yeah, I was ready for it. I was ready for it. Yeah, Denver's a really, really good team. Like, there's an argument that they're a, a top five team in the league. There is. And I think that, you know, this is a team that Sacramento – I see why they will are potentially able to take advantage of teams that are, you know, poor defenses um, and strong offenses as well. Like, like the, the, the Kings are a team that can keep up with just putting up numbers if you're not going to defend them. Yeah, you just mean like there's – what do you mean by that? Like if they're going against a horrible defensive team, I think the offense alone is good enough. Um, that, you know, on a night where shots are falling, they're going to be able to keep up. And Buddy Heald hitting, yeah. you know, 5 of 11 
even just that, the rest of the team really freaking struggled from three. 0 of 4 from Bagley, 0 of 3 from Barnes, 1 of 2 from Fox. Um, but, I mean, like, the the defense was going to be an issue for Sacramento, but in this one they were just able to keep up on the offensive end. Yeah, I – in the first half in particular, like, even Buddy wasn't shooting well, and uh, it was certainly going poorly, but they were, like, really in the – they were down seven at half, and it felt like – it was this was a confusing one for me. Like, I think the refs were like all over the place. They were calling everything. Bagley fouled out. Holmes fouled out. Uh, Jamal Murray fouled out. Like, that's not normal. Those were all in in regulation as well, I believe. So, it was a weird game. Like, I think this is going to be a really weird season. Um, it felt like everyone's you know saying like, oh, they didn't have a full preseason, didn't have a full training camp. I mean, that's, I think that is part of it, and I think it's part of it is also like the refs didn't have like a full training camp. Like they don't really know. Like I feel like they're rusty. Um, the sound and like the you know the the audience like noise pumped in is bizarre, yeah. and the whole thing like I noticed like the DJ like mix was super loud in Denver, and like it was all you could hear like all this like weird electronic music over the game. The whole thing was like bizarre. I didn't really know what to make of it, honestly. I'm just enjoying the ride. Yeah, it's it's been interesting with this opening weekend, or not weekend, I don't know what I'm talking about, opening week, last couple days for the NBA. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like having post-game interviews where I'm having trouble hearing the guy talking because of the fake crowd um, is definitely an experience. Um, I want to ask you, are you surprised that this was a nine man rotation? Like Glenn Robinson specifically is the guy I was kind of surprised to not see it thrown out there. He was the only guy that I, I I mean, I think that he is the 10th guy, but no, I Walton is kind of a eight or nine man rotation coach. He's said that's what he prefers. And when it's competitive, I think that's what he sticks with. He'll, he'll go to, you know, he'll go to the next guy if there's injury issues or minutes restrictions or if there is garbage time or even, you know, it's a big lead. Uh, so for them or for any team, but for either of the teams, but this is, this is pretty much what I thought it would look like. And unsurprisingly, they kind of like the one spot that they don't have a, a backup getting minutes for is a small forward. Um, but, I mean, it works okay because Halliburton is just versatile enough and three-guard lineups work. I, I don't know. I The only real real issue I have with this game was I don't think that – I don't think that – I still don't think Bagley looks good next to, like, a, a non-shooting center. Like, I don't think that the Holmes-Bagley minutes made a lot of sense or the Holmes – uh, or, or the Bagley Whiteside minutes, like none of that. None of, I, in fact, like throw Bielitsa in there. I thought all the the big men were a little bit underwhelming today. Yeah, Bielitsa. I mean, closing minutes. I'm pretty sure they were running Corey Joseph over Bielitsa there, um, and I think that, I mean, definitely the spacing was was probably the issue when you're throwing out Bagley alongside Whiteside or Holmes, from my point of view, but. At very least, like it helped the rebounding as you would expect it to. You know, Sacramento out rebounded Denver uh, 53 to 45, and nine of them came from Bagley, mainly on the defensive end. But you had six offensive rebounds from 
Rashawn Holmes, which I think Bagley's pressure on the boards allows for a little bit more of those to happen. Um, but it, it definitely doesn't make up for what you're losing on the defensive end or even the offensive end of spacing by putting both of them out there. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Corey Joseph ended up playing the closing, closing minutes, and he ended up playing overtime. But Halliburton played the closing minutes in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they're trying to end the game then. He should have um, hit that three, man. I think that, like, Hall- <laughs> I think Halliburton's already in the closing lineup. I mean, it sounds great to me. My favorite lineups definitely include Halliburton. Yeah, I, I he already – 30 minutes, um, played the entire fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, like, I think that he is... You know, zero turnovers. Zero turnovers, yeah, that's it right there. 12 points, four assists, zero turnovers. Four for four from the line, two of five from three, three of seven, efficient. I mean, I don't want to, like... I, there's no reason for me to get, like, hot takey right now. It's Christmas. We can all skip that. But I'm just going to say it. I mean, hot take, like, is Tyrese Halliburton the second best player on this team? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. I don't know. Buddy, Buddy is, uh, Buddy's probably still holding on to that one right now um, just because he gets to put up a ridiculous amount of shots. Like, I, I swear we're going to see a stupid amount of Buddy sh- uh, threes at the top of the three-point line coming off of screens. Uh, I feel like I've already seen like 20 of them throughout the preseason in this, in this uh, regular season opener as well. And yeah, I mean, he, buddy came away with the game winner in this one. It was a, it was an interesting little tip back and not what you ex- would expect if, if somebody told you buddy Hill was going to hit a game winner, um, but comes away with 22 points on a pretty efficient night, seven to 15 from the field, five of 11 from three uh, and three of three from the free throw line. And, you know, there are a couple turnovers, um, in mixed in there as well but yeah I mean leading scorer on the team and and Fox and Barnes were both nipping on his heels just one point behind him but nice scoring night from Heald topped off with the with the walk-off like I said man on the last episode all-star all-star buddy Heald Uh, yeah I mean this is the start of the campaign right he didn't even take that many shots like he's gonna take more shots than this tonight he only took 15 shots tonight yeah. He's going to average more shots than that. Uh, and this wasn't even a crazy efficient night for him. Like, 5 of 11 from 3, like, that's pretty much his career average. Like, uh, you know, I mean, 2 of 4 in the two-point range, like, that's not crazy. It's a, you know, it's a little bit more efficient than usual, but he's going to make up for that with more volume. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's a real chance that uh, – I think there's a real chance that he he like like th- this 22 points is like gonna be like nothing to him. Like I think this is like this is like an average day's work. It it definitely would not surprise me. Um, you know, you see him getting set up by Fox and Halliburton and 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 various other guys on the roster. And um, to touch on on Fox's game a little bit here as well, I thought that you know the the two things that I feel like I, I've noticed maybe a slight improvement and obviously we'll have to keep tabs on this throughout the year. But I think that his change of pace and his handle um, seem to have maybe a little bit more control to them. The handle seems to be a little bit tighter and there were moments in the half court where he really was just kind of like walking through a pick and roll and making his reads. And I felt like that was a little different um, 
from Fox. So, yeah, I mean, not a I, I don't know. I was going to say not a phenomenal night, I guess, but like I mean, it's still a really solid, especially when you're just looking at the stat line here for Fox of 21 points of 80 20 from the fields. Uh, not great, but not horrible either. And seven assists um, to go along with a steal and a block and only two turnovers. Like, I mean, it was a pretty, a pretty solid Fox night. And then on the other end also, there's, you know, a, a Jamal Murray who only scores nine points. And I know that his issues kind of been some inconsistency, but coming off of a pretty hot bubble. And I know it's been a little bit of time since then nine points for Murray is, is pretty notable as well. Even if it was only nine shots. Definitely notable. He really did not play well. I think he didn't have his his first uh, bucket till like the fourth quarter. Yeah, till a nasty dunk. Fox, like I think this is a pretty representative night for him. Like you said, twenty one and seven. Like that feels like it could be, you know, twenty one seven and four. Uh, you know, a steal and a block. Like that feels like it could be, pretty much his averages by the end of the year as well. Um. I think that uh, the defense in general was improved for the Kings or this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this. It felt like either the nuggets just weren't hitting anything or the defense was good. And I still need more of a sample size to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, 27% from three for the nuggets feels low. Like you said, uh, you know, uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris didn't hit a three. Both of these guys uh, just kind of striking out from long range. That doesn't feel like – didn't feel like their best. But then again, like MPJ was playing great. Right. Uh, Jokic obviously playing great. He had 29, 15, and 14. Which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous stat line. Um, I, I think Murray's the guy that I look at though for sure, and I'm just like, while you give a little bit to credit, a little bit of the credit to Fox there, I think that Murray's just gonna play a better game than this most nights. Um, like I said, inconsistency's kind of been his his critique um, at, up to this point in his career, but I, I think more often than not, you're getting a better night than this from from Jamal Murray max contract. Um, and yeah, maybe, you know, MPJ had a little bit of a outlier good night for him to make up for it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Denver is definitely an offensive team in my eyes. And I think that they just weren't clicking amazingly tonight. I think just getting back into a little bit of a rhythm, they should be able to break down Sacramento better than they were able to tonight. But at the same time, like, I mean, like you said, 30 minutes that we saw from Halliburton and 29 from Corey Joseph, like, when, when you're able to – Halliburton adds another defensive aspect to this team that I feel like they didn't really have before in, in a defensive playmaker. And, you know, you've mentioned like Corey Joseph being a guy that's really good in a defensive scheme and kind of just a role player in a good defense and attributing to that. And obviously getting good defenders around him is going to help that. So, I mean, I think that Sacramento probably will have a little bit better defense this year, but I definitely don't think they're a team that's like regularly slowing down a team like Denver's offense. No, definitely not. I would be interested to see how like a uh, a Joseph Halliburton unit rates out, like with defensive uh, defensive rating uh, over time. Like that's interesting to me, at least. But yeah, I th- I think some of the you really got to sort out the big man situation. I don't think it makes sense to play 
Bagley and Holmes together or Bagley and Whiteside together. There were some moments, I will say, there were some moments where just having a shot blocker in Whiteside felt good. And he would often do something on offense where I'm like, well, now I don't feel so good anymore. Um, like those two free throws at the end of the game to take the lead that he bricked both of pretty badly. But like just having someone who can actually block a shot, like like no one has blocked a shot for the Sacramento Kings for like three and a half years, it feels like. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, at very least, if Whiteside is there waiting for you in the paint, he's going to cause some resistance and it wouldn't surprise me. He ends up with a block half the time, you know? Um, I, I mean, he's, he's a very good rim protector when he's there waiting there, when he's there waiting for you in the paint. Um, and yeah, I mean, if Sacramento is able to put him in those positions, I think that he's probably the best rim protector on the team um, from that position. But uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's definitely going to get pulled out and, have his struggles on that end, but Sacramento being a team that uh, I don't know how many times I've said it, like led the, the um, opposing teams had the highest field goal percentage around the rim against Sacramento last year. Um, and yeah, for all the shortcomings that Whiteside has at very least, he's going to help with that. Yeah. They went to a zone with him um, in the anchor of it. Uh, and, and it kind of looked good. Like in, you know, you can't do that. For too long, um, but it, it seemed like to have four guys out on the perimeter and him just kind of floating in the middle, it actually didn't didn't seem – it was a nice uh, change of pace. Yeah, and you mentioned the Bagley minutes, um, you know, kind of not being ideal with him being a four most of the time that he's out there, but what did you think in, in what you saw from him? I thought it was a pretty good effort and – I mean, he definitely was going after the boards. I don't think that he uh, finished great when he was ever able to pull them down. Um, but, yeah, what do you think of the 27 Bagley minutes we got tonight? Yeah, I don't know why. I just – I really was not encouraged, but I, I'm not going to, like, go in on him or anything like that. I just – it was the – this you know, in the last episode I talked about how worried I was about some specific things for him, and it's the – you know, he doesn't pass and he really puts his head down and gets charges. And it's, you know, it's the same predictable little baby hook every time with the same hand. And it feels like, I mean, you know, I don't want to be too hard on him because it is his first game back in like a a calendar year, essentially, but it's all the same stuff. Like it's, it just, it worries me because the problems are are so predictable. It's it's going to be these telegraphed post moves, and he's not going to pass it well, and he's not strong enough on the interior uh, defense yet to like slow guys down. And there's another big man there. Yeah, and, and that and that's the that's the real concern too. Is like I I think that he would look pretty good on offense if you just surround him with perimeter players, but then on defense, how do you do that? And it comes down to that thing where the Kings just still, like we've been saying for years, like they need someone that can shoot and defend in the post. And they haven't found that guy yet to, to match with Bagley. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. He, he still has a lot. Yeah. 
he still has a lot of developing to do. And I just hope that he gets the chance to do, I mean, it still is, I mean, it's like he's a rookie, you know, it's, he, he like, we got to throw out, I guess, the entire last season, like basically treat it like a lost year. And this is game one. And he played what? 70, 60 something games, 60 something games in game in year, year one. So like, it just feels like he's still a rookie. So I don't know. I, I'm just worried about like the travels and the charges and the, I don't know, in the perimeter defense. Yeah, very understandably. And um, I also understand the other point of view of, you know, being willing to give him a little bit more time to develop, but a lot of things need to go right for Bagley to be, um, I mean, even just an above average starter in the league at this point, in my mind, on both ends of the floor. Um, and, you know, shout out to Harris Barnes in this game, man. You know, the most minutes on any of anyone on the team, which isn't the rarest thing for Barnes while he's out there, but 21 points in his 42 minutes on opening night, along with nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, only one turnover. And one of those steals is the game winning one, right? That leads to, um, who who had the finish? Why am I drawing a blank here? Was it, it wasn't Fox? Didn't he give it up to someone? He got blocked, and then Buddy with the tip in. Right, right. I don't know how I was forgetting that. Yeah, um, but Barnes was the one that created that steal in the first place, and just overall, like I mean, a a pretty solid night from Barnes. You know, just fundamental on the offensive end, as you're kind of used to seeing, even though the three point shot wasn't falling. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he's not as bad as everyone makes him out. No, Barnes played the best game of the night, I thought. I mean, and he didn't even hit a three, which is kind of his bread and butter as a low-usage offensive guy. But I thought he played solid defense. Um, I mean, he was, like, making stuff happen on offense. He would, uh, like, you know, we're not, like, a big fan of ISO Barnes or anything, but there were times when they really needed ISO Barnes. Like, Fox wasn't – his shot wasn't falling. Uh, even early in the game, healed shot wasn't falling. They couldn't just keep going to Bagley in the post. They don't want to do that, especially with Holmes or uh, Whiteside in the game. Like, you don't want to rely on Corey Joseph to create. You know, Halliburton's still a pass-first guy. They kind of needed Iso Barnes, and he was getting it done. Yeah, definitely was. For all the numbers that Michael Porter Jr. put up on the offensive end of the floor, you know, he definitely has his – defensive deficiencies and you saw Barnes kind of take advantage of that a little bit there and uh you know it's it's a little bit of a different direction but uh I was shocked that you know that these whole James Harden trade rumors that like Michael Porter Jr. was a core piece they were seeking in return for for James Harden man I'd do that too (laughs) if from Houston's point of view yeah yeah, I mean, I guess what, because he's like out in two years anyways. Like, I don't know. I just don't. Well, because he's just like destroying your team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, he's he's being an absolute idiot at this point, to be fair. Um, I mean, MPJ looked good, man. I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of it was in the first half. Um, yeah, I mean, he's coming off screens and hitting them. And... I mean, his shot just looks so pure. Yeah, like it, it, it was uh... – <sighs> I mean, he's just, he's just that type of guy. I mean, he's just that, he's got the size, he's got the shooting. I think he's, he's just that, he's just that dude. He can really, I don't want to say it. I, I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> I know what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll say it. Uh, it felt like to me, it felt. Uh, sorry, I, I sorry. You don't to, have to. You don't have to. I don't have to Grinch this. Okay. No, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Okay. All right. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Um. Yeah. I mean. Man, to be honest, I'm sitting here with with my dad and you know side of the family I haven't seen for a little while, and I'm like, man, I I, I really just don't know if I how much I want Sacramento to win this game. Like I, I was gonna ask you, oh, so we are going Grinch. You you have specifically said, I mean, today we went on ESPN thirteen twenty. Uh, shouts out to to D'Lo and K Diddy over there. Uh, and we specifically endorsed tanking. We did. We totally did. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you have specifically <laughs> said before, and I've agreed with you, that you are rooting for L's this year. So. Yeah. How- yeah. Like quietly. <laughs> quietly, you know. I mean, like. I- Once. You- okay. Okay. When Halliburton had the wide open three, I was like, man, at this point, I want this to go in in the rookie to have a game winner. For sure, for that sure. was like the I, only I was rooting moment, for. Though. I was rooting for Buddy's shot to go in too. I was rooting for like the win to happen at that point. I don't know that I can like actually root for a loss, but I I think it's kind of like tanking, like endorsing tanking or saying that you're rooting for losses is kind of like a long distance, like a macro view of like it's protecting yourself on the back end, where like if you have a bad game, you can still feel good about it. Yeah, for sure. And if and if you know the opposing team happens to have a bad game and you're able to take advantage of that, you can still enjoy it a little bit, you know? I think that uh yeah, I, I worry that Sacramento could be a late lottery team, but we don't need to get into that. We can just enjoy them taking advantage of a Denver team that probably played um subpar to what you're gonna see normally from them throughout the season. And yeah, I mean uh just a, a really solid offensive night for Sacramento and and really a, a quality showing, like you mentioned, from, from Halliburton. Quality. Quality, yeah. And, I mean, what do you think of the Corey Joseph minutes? Just because I think we've talked about everyone yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, I think they're good. You know, like, it's nice to have him out there on the defensive end of the floor, and I felt like he had less of an offensive role. Um, I don't feel like there were, there were definitely moments of it last year, but I don't think it was all too common to see him on, and Fox on the floor together. And you kind of saw that throughout overtime. Um, and it, it just lowers the offensive responsibility of Corey Joseph. And I think that allows you to appreciate what he does on the defensive uh, end of the floor a little bit more because you're not just frustrated with him on offense. So, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that Joseph was utilized a little bit better than how he was uh, throughout most of the games last year. Yeah, I think that he is – I feel like he could start for the Lakers. <laughs> like – I, I know I'm being extreme with that, but like, you just hate Dennis Schroeder. Well, I just think like he has, I mean, he's hitting threes now. Like he shot like 36% from three. What was it all last season or just after the break? I don't know. Like he's been like hitting threes, uh, two of five from this game. I think the first two went in. And at that point, I'm like, oh man, they're going to trade him for an asset to a contender. Like, yeah, 35% on 2.2 attempts last year. Like he could absolutely be on a playoff team and like be a very real part of a, of a very legit team. I think you could, man, you're, you're really talking me into this just so you know, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think that there's a very real chance. I was so excited for Corey Joseph going into the year. 
when, before they had signed him. I thought that he yeah. made so much sense in like no, like you're saying he's really it. good. Yeah, <laughs> he's really good. I was like, he's man, gonna, this guy yeah. can be part of a really good defense. Uh, and you been. saw that in Indiana, Toronto, but like he was surrounded by other at least decent, if not good, defenders. Right. Do you think there's any chance that this team is is good and that they win a lot of games? I mean, like the upside for me is probably like the ninth, tenth seed. Yeah, and I mean that's a huge upside. I mean, like, that's a honest that's very good. Though, honest, like if you make the playoffs, I guess that feels good. But honestly, if you're the tenth seed and you don't make the playoffs, it, it yeah, I don't know. It, this is this is a positive night, but it, it really is one of the worst scenarios I can make up in my mind. I understand that, but let's let's just focus on right yeah, now. Yeah, fair Do enough. you what uh what percentage are you giving the Kings to make the t- you know at least the play in game to make the play in? All right, ten, so yeah, ten seed. Yeah, which right now I have them sitting at um thirteen in the West is my predictions going into this. So I, I mean, it's definitely not not favorable here. I think that they have like a 15% chance of making it. And that even feels a little high. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's low. Okay. I think that's low. I mean, just with this crazy season and like, we've already seen games are postponed. (laughs) We've already seen uh, a bit of uh, craziness and the Kings, by the way, are going to are supposed to play the Rockets twice in the next week. So, Or a week and a half, so. Do you you think Houston makes the playoffs? No. No? You're just out on him at this point with the Harden situation? I think that he'll be traded eventually, and yeah. yeah. At very least, a bunch of games. The Kings aren't, like, that much worse than, I don't know, the Timberwolves or the... Like, Memphis, San Antonio. Yeah, exactly. and, And, like, if one of those teams has you know, an unfortunate injury or COVID or whatever, or someone opts out or whatever. Like it's, it's like, this is the crazy season. So, and there's two extra playoff teams. Like it, it's, it's legitimately very possible that the Kings make, make the uh, play in. And then, I mean, we can reassess at that point, how likely they are to win those, those games or whatever. But I think it's like a, I think it's like a 30% chance. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I, I could get there. Um they finished twelve last year, but you know, with the with the bubble situation, Phoenix went was it eight no, I th- I believe it was eight eight games within the bubble and finished only three games above of that above them, which which would have put them in that tenth spot that we're kinda of talking about for this play in opportunity. Um Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Um yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's actually what I feel like is the best thing for the future of the organization, but it would be fun. And, you know, some entertaining and meaningful games are obviously enjoyable to participate in um, from Sacramento's fan base point of view. And, yeah, definitely uh, getting to witness those players in high-pressure situations as well. And, yeah, it's, all, it's always good to see Buddy run off into the tunnel, man. You got a little bit of a D- Detroit flashback from last year. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, are you rooting for a win at home on Saturday? 
This is Phoenix, right? Did Phoenix That's end Phoenix. up winning this game? Uh, we started it while the game was going on. I'm trying to check uh, out here. Yeah, playing... Phoenix did just beat Dallas, actually. Oh, um, wow. Am I rooting for them? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Merry Christmas. Sacramento. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go Kings. Let's yeah. get this win. Go Kings. Why not? I, I just... Yeah, I really wanted that Halliburton three to go in. Honestly, more than anything tonight, I, I just was like, man, if the rookie hits a game winner right now, I was all for it. Absolutely. Anyways, so I take it. I mean, like, you're rooting for him to win come Saturday, yeah. right? Go Kings. There you go. There you go. Why not? Let's just win out. Let's just do it. Let's win out. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, screw the outro music. You just got to keep doing this every episode. I'm all for it. Hell yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Kings Herald at kingsherald.com and uh, Kings Reddit, Reddit uh, slash r slash kings. Uh, everybody, check out the Christmas. Kings Herald. Support the Patreon, all the great work going on there, you know, covering the season with the tip-off that just happened here. Um, And, yeah, if you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, and review. You hear from us again in the next couple of days here. Merry Christmas.